You are listening to What Do You Know, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly in the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or the Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com 1830 Podcast Network for more information. And now, what do you know? Okay, this is What Do You Know with Stephen Stratton. It's weird he's Stephen with a PH, right? Yeah, with a PH, not a V. Yeah, so I always have a hard time and my phone doesn't like it. But uh, we don't have a phone call. We have an in-person interview in the basement, in the Star Wars basement. uh, And I'm really happy to have him here as a guest in my home and also as a guest on our podcast. So thank you for answering the call. I have... The tradition of jumping right into this. So if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Uh, can you share a testimony of your calling? Yeah. So, um, you know, with my calling, I, I, wa- I want to back up a little bit to, to, to when, I, when I joined the church and then, and then get in my calling. I think it, yeah. it all kind of connects to me. Good. Um, so a, a little bit more about myself. I, I grew up uh, inside of a Nazarene church and I went to a Baptist school uh, growing up. And, uh, you know, I... I was not exposed to the Book of Mormon at all, except in the capacity of going to classes that were, were very, very anti-Book of Mormon. And my first exposure to somebody that that read the Book of Mormon is my now wife, Amanda. And, uh, you know, when we first got married, we, we got married uh, very quickly. We, we had dated for three months. And, uh, you know, I knew she was a Christian and that was important to me. But that was about the depth of our conversation on this. Right. So, uh the, the Book of Mormon would, you know, came up eventually, but it was something that I was very opposed to, you know, um, I kind of was in the, the camp of, I'll just, uh, I'll wait and wait and see, and maybe she'll convert over to, to, to the Baptist <laughs> line of thought. If you know anything about Amanda, anybody who's listening, that, that was not going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't. So <laughs> obviously, um, anyway, um, I, I just, I remember, like, uh, you know, when we were first married and we, we had, um, we had different individuals from the church come out and visit. Right. And it was, it was so, con- so contrary to what, what I had been taught growing up. You know, I, I was always told like, you know, you, you got to avoid the book of Mormon. It, it's evil. You know, these things, I started meeting people and, you know, when you, you meet people in the church, it's, uh, it was, it was eye opening. Everyone was so nice and welcoming. Um, they, they let me, you know, they, we got, they were extremely nice and I, I just, I can't, you know, when you, when you get around the church, you start to realize that, like, the, the feeling of home that you get, like, when you go and you visit, you know, locals or you go and do other things. And that really stuck out to me. And so when I started thinking, I started looking at it and thinking about what I was taught. I was like, okay, well, these people can't be that evil. Right. All these Satan worshipers are really nice people. <laughs> right, right. Um, anyway, so, but that di- that didn't convince me alone, right? Um, I, I remember when when we were married, you know, we, we found out um, three months after we got married that we we're pregnant with our first son, uh, Peter. And I remember thinking, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in a, in a, in a split, like real home, like yes. when, it, when it comes to it, right. I don't want to be teaching him something different than my wife. And we have this, this divide over, over our beliefs. Um, so I started about that time. I started praying, uh, consistently, uh, every night and I would pray the same, the same thing. It, I mean, not exactly the same thing, but at the end of what we were, uh, you know, at the end of my prayer, I'd always, you know, I'd always reference the, the same phrase. I'd ask, you know, God, just if this is real, if the Book of Mormon is real, um, help me believe, you know, just help me, just help me believe it. You know, I don't want to read it 
<laughs> which is a strange thing, but I just, I just want to, I just want to believe it. That is the, pr- did you know about Moroni chapter seven? I didn't cause I hadn't okay. read any of it. Okay. And I just, I was just, just help me believe. Um, or Alma chapter 16 now, <laughs> if you have a desire to believe, let this, des- isn't that what that chapter, uh, you just, you just use two examples that are right out of the book of Mormon. If, if I was to say, you know what you're asking for, it's in there yeah, as yeah. a type of how you should do this. Right. And, and, you know, I wasn't privy to that, but I, I, I sincerely That's wanted amazing. to know. And I, um, in this didn't, and I didn't get an answer right away. Uh, Peter was born about a year. I, I think it's about a year time frame, give or take a little bit. Um, but I had consistently been praying this. And uh, I think what it was is I, I had at one point I had a change in heart during that period of time where it went from me just just saying it to, to really being willing to hear the answer to that. Um, and so I, 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 it was a Sunday. I was, uh, I was in Southern California and San Diego on Camp Pendleton, and I was holding Peter, and we were streaming a church service and we're streaming the Bradley local church service. I, you know, that's, that's our local that we're at now. Um, I had never been because at this point we're, we were married, uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't met Adam. Um, and we, I, uh, and Adam was preaching and it was, he was right at the opening and he, he was looking in the camera and he said, I don't know who this is for, but God told me to just tell you, just believe, you know, just believe. And I was so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit as I got my answer, you know, right then. I, I knew that was it and I knew it was for me. And that was amazing. It was, it, was, it, was, it was the first time I could really say that the Lord spoke to me through another, through an individual. And it was, it was exactly, you know, it was something very simple the way that it was, but it was something so important to me because of the way it was presented and because of the, 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 the Holy Spirit's presence. And, uh, from, you know, I hadn't read the Book of Mormon, but from that time forward, I, I never, I've never, I, I can't doubt it. I, I have my answer. Um, and, that's when I, and that's when I started reading. It took me a few more years uh, to, to become, a, you know, a, a baptized member. Um, well, that's good, kind of, I think. It mm-hmm. means you took it seriously. You learned a bit about it before. I, could, I think I know of examples where I wouldn't get marry me unless I was committed to the same church. And so, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll just do it. I, I appreciate how you're, you took time before you made that decision, especially I'm guessing you were already baptized in another church. Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I just... Um, you were just raised Baptist. Yeah, so okay. So in a Baptist church, you know, at least the ones that I was around, the, the way that it, your, your baptism kind of signifies your, your membership of the church. It's not a requirement to be baptized mm-hmm. to go to heaven. So okay. to me, it was never a, a you know, it, did, it wasn't a necessity. Okay. You know, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't hold a membership in another church. But okay. I was looking, but not, you know. Not not until not until that that year probably when we found out that we're gonna have Peter that's that's when it started to to kick in, yeah a lot, yeah your uh, your your father fatherly instincts kind of take over life is different now yeah whether you're ready or not here's 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 like your life is changing and uh, I admire that you took time to do that not everybody does yeah. so that's that's two thousand uh, two thousand and fifteen I believe around about. Um, Oh, 2015. What am I saying? That's that was 2015. wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's 2011. Um, 
was was when that happened. And uh, you know, it, let's fast forward uh, quite a few years uh, to to your question, right? When, yes. when I was called. So two two thousand two thousand and twenty. Um, you know, I wasn't called too too long ago. Uh, you know, I there there are different times over the last few years where I've been told to prepare, and uh, you know that you know at, at different different instances uh, in the last um, probably seven years. I you know I, I've taken I've taken more time and less time in that to in study, and um, you know that that that's ebbed and flowed a lot for me. Um, with the time that I've spent, um, I can't say that it's been consistent over the first time I've been told to prepare that I've really, I really, you know, sat down and and prepared. Um, and that's, and that, and that, and that's just the the lead up and into, into being called. But I, um, you know, I, my, my calling came, came through, through Adam Porter, the same, the same individual that, that called, um, that had called me. To, to believe, right? That God, yes. that God had yes. used to call me to believe, and in you know, it's interesting with Adam because I, I think of most of the times where where God has spoken to me uh, through through an individual, and I've seen it not just for me, but for others in our local and others outside of our local. He he had used Adam a, a lot, um, and I'd always thought that that maybe not thought it, but like I, I expected it in some way to come through Adam, uh, just because I you know I had seen it in, in how God had used him in my life up into that point. So I believe God has blessed people with spiritual gifts and some people have that, that gift. I think it's a gift of God that, that, uh, that communication and, and Adam probably had that gift. I, I would, oh, I would I guess, would, you know, he, so, he did for our, for, there you for go. our okay. local that, you know, when it is always, you know, I always perk up when I hear him say that and I, and I've watched it over the years. I've watched him, I've watched him give I had watched him give advice and I'd had watched him, God use him to, to instruct, you know, individuals from the, he would just stop and he would give some, you know, he'd say, God told me that. And he would explain some right there. You know, he always did right there. And I've watched, I've watched people heed it and I've seen individuals not heed it. And I've watched it come, come, come to, I've watched it come to, you know, to, to reality. It just, it just meets into our world. Like just exactly what, you know, the warnings that God had used him. So anyway, my point just being is I, I expect that, um, to come through him in some way. And, uh, and, you know, and it did, um, as, as looking at it is, is it wasn't exactly seven years. It's like seven years in a, in a few days, uh, from, from my baptism to when I was called, um, right. Same, same month. I, it, and that was, uh, and that, and that was, and that was that was neat. Um, when I saw that, I got my I got my baptism certificate out, and I was looking at my, you know, my the uh, the ordination certificate with the, with the same yeah. the, right about the same dates on there is, is July, I believe. Um, Happy anniversary! Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so so going to that, um, you know, I don't. I, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It's not a. Uh, it was. It wasn't like a reunion or anything. I, I always, you know, every re- reunion, I would, I'd sit there since I was told to prepare, and I would think, man, I, uh, if it came, if it came this year, I don't know if I could do this, right? I, I felt like that for like a few years in every reunion, like dreading, like maybe this is the year I'm called. There's no way, like my job. Did you hide in the bathroom? No, I didn't hide in the bathroom, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, but I understand that feeling, right? The, yeah. The one that's there, and I, I, you know, I had this. Before the job that I have now, I had I had this job where I was traveling over fifty percent of the time, and mm. I'd have and I'd have somebody tell like you know I and I knew the Lord was speaking to me. He said you know you need to prepare right, and I just I looked at him how 
how could I do that? How can I preach and do this and be a dad and be, you know, this person? And, um, you know, two years ago, I had a job change. Right. And I got I got an, I got a new career, a new, a new position with a, with a new organization. But it gave me a lot more time. Um, it, it gave me it, 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 it I wasn't I'm not traveling anymore. Um, you know, it it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I had, uh, you know, from this job that I was traveling a lot, I I had fa- I'd actually had found another job that was going to take me away from the local. And I, I took it like I, I had I accepted it because I was I was going to and I was going to move. I was going to move away. And, um, you know, Amanda and I were talking and uh, I had applied to a few other places, but I had I hadn't heard back from any of them. And I was like, this is the job that I want. It felt right. Right. And we're going to do it. And uh, we're talking about it. And I just and she in and she had expressed she wanted to do it. And then, you know, again, you're going to find this this theme of Amanda kind of steering me into the right direction happened a lot um, throughout throughout. our. We don't have to admit it to our wives, but. We understand it. We recognize yeah. it. And, uh, you know, inside, I, I, you know, I was I was upset, but I, I knew she was right. Um, and, you know, so I, I walked away from that opportunity to, to move. I, I just I, I wrote them and I said, you know, I'm not going to take this job. But thank you for the offer. And, you know, the typical thing when when somebody, you know, they're like, you know, does it, do you want more money? Do you want this? And I said, no, I don't. I don't. It's, it's not that. It's just not going to work out. Right. And I, I knew like I had made a decision. I didn't have another job lined up. I was just like, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, it was a hard decision, but I remember that decision. A lot of it was to to keep my kids around my local and around those influence, and that and that was the driving factor of that. And I got I got this new position, and, and it, it wasn't it wasn't as glamorous as what I wanted. It wasn't what, but oh oh my goodness, you know, God is looking out for me, and it, it is everything that I wanted. In that, I get I get time with my kids. I don't travel. But the important thing was, is that when my calling came, I was now in a position that I, I, I was reflecting on it. And I'm like, I can do this. You know, God has helped me to get into a spot where I can, I feel like I can, I can do what he's calling me to do. When you were called that day, did you have an anticipation of it? I, I didn't, but I had a calm and this isn't, and I'm going to explain why that's important. Um, because one, it wasn't it wasn't a reunion, so it wasn't something that I, I definitely saw saw coming. But I had I had a calm when it came. So let, let's let's jump forward. So you know, a- Adam, you know, Adam gave the calling and their witnesses, and you know the way the way that you know the calling came through. Uh, I was called with Eric Lee, who's called the priest, and I was called to a teacher. And he and he and he said that he had Adam said that God you know God had a message for us. And you know it was and he asked me he said, Will you be obedient? And, you know, to me that, you know, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a dream of my calling. I've been told by uh, other individuals to prepare, but there, there were witnesses, you know, and I believe those individuals and those witnesses, but I also believe what Adam told me because it's, it's, you know, one of those things that's important, you know, when you you believe God is is speaking to you And, and, you know, that, and that's something, you know, obedience when it comes to doing what he he has told you to do and he's called you to do, you know that's and I think about like my my journey through preparing and what what I what I need to do and, and all the times where like I I may not have been obedient to to what I was being told to do and my point being is that it was it was I felt again the Holy Spirit there the same way um, you know when I when when I was was told to just believe 
and it, and it was important that it was through the same individual to me. Um, and then after the service, Adam came up to Eric and I, and and this was the, the real solidifying factor in it. He said, you know, I want to tell you how you should feel about this. He said, you should not feel worried. You should feel a calm about this, that, that you can do this. And he described exactly the feelings that I was having. And so I, you know, I, I waited a week to be, you know, to, to have the, the hands laid on. Um, but I would have done it that day. Uh, you know, it, it just, it, it, it's just a timing thing. And so that, that next week, you know, we had, um, the elders lay their hands on and, and, uh, and speak the words. And, um, for me, um, Eric was ordained a little bit later and, and, uh, but that, and then, and then, and then we, we know what happened after that, that, that night, um, Adam passed away. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking to Daniel about this a little bit ago and I, you know, um, you know, our, our locals is forever changed. And, you know, I find it really, and we've talked about this a lot inside of our local, you know, that the gifts that Eric has versus, um, the gifts that I believe I have and the different things that really like, you know, um, the humbleness that Eric has. And I look at it and I, and, and he's already, uh, given some, some, some messages that he believes have come through God. Um, and it's, it's almost like we each have a little piece of what Adam did. I was going to say, it's going to take both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that was what was expressed too, um, by different individuals inside of it, including Adam's wife, Sue. And, you know, that's, uh, it means, you know, I, I, I was trying to think of the way to word this. Um, you know, I think about like, in life, there are different ways that God has worked with me in the last few years where he's blessed me. And I always find, you know, that when that blessing comes, um, it's really easy to accept and go, God bless me. And then a few years goes by and that fades, right? That fades, yeah. that fades. And, uh, yeah. and I, I, I don't know about other people, you know, callings and, and different things, but I look back about that and, you know, I try to remember my feelings at the time and the other things. And what I'll say is it doesn't, those, that, that's not a thing here. Uh, I don't think about my feelings, you know, when I was expressing, you know, I, I remember them very vividly. It was just a few months ago now when Adam is, you know, standing, you know, telling me, you know, you should feel calm or you should feel this and thinking about that. That's important. But, um, you know, God, you know, Adam, Adam's family had his, his the, the males on his family, I guess, uh, they had a shorter life expectancy, but I look at that and I think, you know, God, um, with him passing, I, I don't, I don't think about those feelings. I think about how important it is that I, I do, I, I continue on and do what I do and not question that, uh, because, and I, I'm sure Eric feels the same way, but that, that the shoes that we have to fill, um, in that situation. Uh, and I, I think of what a, you know, is a tragedy, but at the same time, you know, how God used that to solidify, uh, resolve. You bet. And the timing of it, the timing of it can't really be denied or questioned. Nobody, nobody can look at this and think it's coincidence. I, I don't know how you can come up with that solution. I mean, this is why I think that, that, that God knew God had a plan and there's just, it's, it's wonderful to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing, the, the thing with Adam and this got brought up at his funeral and it was, you know, he, he went out at the best, you know, the best point in his life. Uh, you know, he was doing God's work and he's working really hard. I was talking to Sue and, you know, talking about his, his life and he would work these long hours for years, you know, in this machine shop. And then he would, you know, do sermons, 
at the same time. He'd be working, you know, 12, you know, plus hours and come home and throw in a sermon together, you know, try, just trying to squeeze it to, to get everything done. And, uh, you know, he's, he's an amazing, amazing man. He's a, a huge impact in my life. And I, I'm so happy that I got, he got to, I got to be a part of his. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my calling. Question number two is how long or how much do you prepare for a typical sermon and how many sermons have you preached? And this has been, we've been looking forward to this question on our podcast of, of everybody says, well, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to determine how many, but I'm pretty sure, you know, exactly how many sermons you have preached. I've preached three <laughs> to be precise. <laughs> I've, I've preached three, you know, our, our local went from having, we have, we really had uh, three elders, and uh, so at Adam, uh, Dennis, and then uh, Chris. Yeah, Adam Porter, uh, Chris Moran, and Dennis Trujan. And you know, Chris drives up from Indiana, so it kind of rotates through them. And then Dennis goes down to Florida in the winter time. So, and we went from uh, you know we went from three with with partial of the years to to now we have four in a rotation and Dennis will still go down there. But, um, that means that, you know, if we have visitors, it usually wrote, it usually averages out to once a month as we get to preach. So it's been, you know, three months plus Bob's been in the area. So it's only, I've only got to preach three times. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and then how long do you prepare? How much time so, goes into? So this is, this is, you know, th- this is where it gets, I, I don't, I don't know this part, right? It's Cause this is, this is varied. I've, I've been trying to do things. I, I've done something different. A little bit my preparation in all three i'm trying to find trying to figure out what i want to do and it's it's really you know i get up there and i i think about um you know intros like i i want you know i i want to do i want to speak what god wants me to speak and i think that any anybody preparing a sermon um that's probably the same you know the same thing you know you you want to you want to you want to convey what god has for everybody in um for me, I also I also want it to be I want it to be entertaining too for those that are that are listening and, and um you know and it was interesting because Bob was uh, out with us Bob uh, Bob Odom the other day and he's asking during our, our campfire uh, we have this this pig roast every year I'm gonna plug it real quick because we we do this pig roast in, in Michigan everyone's welcome uh, okay <laughs> we, you can always, do that we always get get visitors but and you're always welcome and we'll always have a place for you to stay um but so Bob was asking everyone you know what do you enjoy most about a sermon in the circles and everybody's answer was so different inside of that. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I enjoy most. Uh, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I like, I like stories almost directly out of the Bible. Absolutely. Nobody, I'm going to, I'm going to editorialize a little bit. Nobody remembers the sermon as much as they remember the, the stories behind it or your life stories or your, you, the story, absolutely the story. Now, are you? I, I may be jumping in. Are you talking about the story as the Bible tells it, or and the story in the Bible? Are you talking about the story, the life stories, the anecdotes that go along with? So the I, lo- message? I, I love the anecdotes that go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love it when you know a, a, a you know a speaker, uh, an elder, a teacher, a priest stands up there and they take God's scriptures and they they take it and they read it and they make it come to life. And I'm in the wrong on what I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wanted to let you finish what you're No, oh. I, I understand I understand what you're saying. So let me let, no. let me tell you this. When you grew up, did you have a lot of Bible stories taught to you? Did you do a lot of Sunday school? So so here's here's the I, I did I did do Sunday school. 
Um, and it's different, right? So I think when you're getting a Sunday school lesson versus when somebody is presenting like for, for, for an adult, like, or, you know, in this, this way. And I think of, uh, you know, I think of different speakers like that, but I, I think of, you know, I, I think that's probably where there is a difference though, too. Cause a lot of the Baptist upbringing, it was, is a lot of altar calls and a lot, and a lot of things like that. So when I, I get something and somebody takes a story out of the old Testament or the book of Mormon and they, they, they take it out and then they point out these little details or these parts that really make it stick out or, so, or something that I, you know, you, you don't see normally that that's like, uh, it's gold to me, and I remember it very, very distinctly when I go through it, and then how to apply it into our lives today, because there's a lot of application throughout all of those, those, the scriptures. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just laugh at myself then. No, I, I don't listen. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not contradicting you either. I've heard and I've listened to the podcast. I understand what everyone's saying when they and when when somebody when somebody has a testimony. That's important. I remember those really well. Okay, I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that I don't. When somebody when somebody takes that story and then they apply it, it's it's just. But it's a, it's a preference, you know. I that's my preference. Okay. And um, you know, I've heard other expressions like some people are like I, I like to hear the principles of the gospel. I like to know, you know, get back to the basics. You know, I I've heard I I don't have the whole select, but the point was there's about twelve of us and everyone had something different in that group that they liked, and so that that was extremely interesting. To, to me and I, I and so I, I I think about that and I already thought about like there there's certain th- ways that I I think that I want to be able to present things and so I tend to go th- that way and I'll tell you what I have the hardest time doing when preparing is is the intro um doing doing something that like the attention getter at the beginning and there's some some speakers and ministers in our church that are so good at it and they, they take this tie-in at the beginning and they apply it and I am terrible at that tie-in i'm gonna get better but i feel like i'm i I go through and i stumble through the tie-in and then i get into the script and it starts going so much smoother and uh it's funny because we were talking yesterday you're like hey maybe you should just cut that tie-in out and i was like yeah maybe yeah (laughs) you don't need to jump right into the first question yeah uh so so uh that's an that's i think we understand where you're coming from not a lot to rely on or, or or history there to tell you the truth of the answer but this is where you're at now uh what do your scriptures look like? Do you, are you a post-it note guy? I've seen post-it notes in your scriptures, uh, highlighters, underlying circles. Do you write in the margins? Do yeah, you do that? Yeah, I do all those. Okay. All, all, all of the above. Um, but I find myself using, um, I find myself using like the, the scripture searches a lot. Like I, I use, I use that scripture search on, on our, our, the COC sermons.net. Um, I, you know, I, I use, I use, I use my iPad a lot. Um, so that that tends to be there's a, there's a mix though I do like there's, reading if I'm gonna read I read out of my Book of Mormon or Bible okay like yeah 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 uh, so yeah I I think when you when you're studying you need to use all the resources available to you and what what ends up happening for me is I put that into my scriptures once I find a, a nugget of truth or, or or something and it's written in there it's underlined or it's there's a reference there's some cross reference something in there but it goes into my scriptures so so. Uh, I think Ronnie was saying scriptures. What are those? You know, I, I run around with, with my Kindle and, mm-hmm. and cause in, and in, in his story, he's, he's hiking everywhere. He, he doesn't want two books to lug around. So I get it. But for me, I think it has to be in my scriptures cause I want to recall it. Mm. And if I'm studying, I'm usually not studying with the kid. I study with a, with the online resources, but when I'm reading, it's out of my scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, well, that's what they look like. Um, I, I will say that I got a new Bible a few years ago, and it's uh, I, I had I had one, and I I ended up giving it away, and I dislike the new print of my Bible so much. I wish I had my old one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I, I. But uh, my my new one's too thin. I got I went too thin. I would say that if I had a preference, I like at least a, a little bit thicker of a Bible. Than a so you're getting one. down to <laughs> the page thickness. Yeah, that, I don't. Yeah, it's, okay. it's important. It, it I I think it's important. If you're picking a Bible. I suggest picking one that's a little bit thicker. Okay. <laughs> anyway. And then I also like the one that I grew up with is falling apart a little bit, but that's where I know where everything is at. It's yeah, at the yeah. bottom right side of the page. So yeah, pick one and and stick with, maybe get one where you know you can buy another one. Oh, that's a good idea. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is my favorite part of the podcast. I'm going to ask you about 10 verses of scripture. Um, doesn't have to be 10. It can be more than 10. But what are you just your favorites, either what you're studying right now or what if has been your all time classic verses that you you rely on and and or, or maybe a prophecy? What what are the 10 verses that you would like to uh, present to us? OK, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do more than 10, um, but we're going to do sections of scripture. I, I OK, so what I've been looking at a lot lately, um, you know, look at. I've been looking at what's going on in the world, and I want to see how that applies into into our scriptures. You know, um, that one of the questions that I get, uh, you know, in that circle, right? That when we're talking about what we like, um, one of the things that was brought up was, I, you know, current current events. You know, and I'm not trying to get down to into the nitty gritty here, but like, you know, they're like how somebody's like, I want to hear how I should be reacting to what's going on in the world. And I think that's a really important thing that we need to be doing. Um, you know, with three sons and different things, I look at I look at what's going on and it's so important. I feel so pressed on me to, to know what's happening and, and the way that I need to be able to interact with my sons to discuss it, to do those things. Um, and I, I and I look at that in that suggestion of you know what, how do I do it and that's been something that's been on my heart quite a bit. But absolutely, yeah. I'm right with you there. I I don't. I want to make sure I have good answers for my kids, and they're they're growing up in a world that is changing quickly. So what I'm going to try to do, we I want to go Third Nephi, um, chapter three, and you know in this section of scripture, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read through it because I think it's important, and the reason it's important is because this is before right before Christ returns to the Americas, right? That that how the land was, and the entire the entire section is important because I think we can draw a lot of comparisons to today. And then I want to go through that and then, you know, what to look forward to in in that section. So we're so I'm I'm just going to jump in and uh we're going to we're going to see where where we go. Okay. All right. So third book of Nephi chapter 3. And now it came to pass that the people of the Nephites did all return to their own lands in the 20 and 6th year every man with his family and his flocks and his herds and his horses and his cattle and all things whatsoever did belong unto them. And it came to pass that they had not eaten up all their provisions. Therefore, they did take with them all that they had not devoured of all the grain and every kind and their gold and their silver and all their precious things. And they would return unto their own lands and their possessions, both on the north and the south, both on the land northward and on the land southward. And they... They granted unto those robbers which had entered unto the covenant to keep the peace in their land, which were desirous to remain Lamanites, lands according to their numbers, and that they might have with their labors wherewith to subsist upon. And thus they did establish peace in all the land. And they began again to 
to prosper and to wax great. In the twenty and sixth and seventh years passed away, and there's a great order in the land, and they had formed their laws according to the equity and justice. And now there was nothing in all their land to hinder the people from prospering continually, except they should fall into transgression. And now it was Gidgadoni and the judge Laoconus, and those which had been appointed leaders which had established this great peace in the land. And it came to pass that there were many cities built anew, and there were many old cities repaired, and there were many highways cast up, many roads made, which were led from city to city and from land to land and place to place. And thus passed away the twenty and eighth year, and the people had continual peace. But it came to pass in the twenty and ninth year there began to be some dis- disputings among the people. And some were lifted up in pride and boasting because of exceeding great riches, yea, even unto great persecutions. For there were many merchants in the land, and many lawyers, and many officers. And the people began to be distinguished by ranks according to their riches and their chances for learning. Yea, some were ignorant because of their poverty, and others did receive great learning because of their riches. Some were lifted up in pride, under others were exceeding humble. Some did return railing for railing, while others would receive railing for railing and persecutions and all manner of afflictions, and would not turn turn and revile again, but were humble and pen, penitent before God. And thus there became a great inequality in all the land, insomuch that the church began to be broken up. Yea, insomuch that in the thirteenth year the church was broken up in the land, save it were among the few of the Lamanites which were converted unto the true faith. And they would not depart from it, for they were firm and steadfast and immovable, willing with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. Now the cause of this iniquity of the people was this. Satan had great power into the stirring up of the people to do all manner of iniquity, into the puffing them up and the pride tempting them to seek for power and authority and riches and vain things of the world. And thus Satan did lead away the hearts of the people to do all manner of iniquity. Therefore they had enjoyed peace but a few years. And thus the commencement of the thirtieth year of the people, having been delivered up for a space a long time, to be carried about by the temptations of the devil, whithsoever he desired to carry them, and to do whatsoever iniquity he desired they should. And thus, in the commencement of this, in the thirteenth year, they were in a state of awful wickedness. Now they did not sin ignorantly, for they knew the will of God concerning them, for it had been taught unto them. Therefore they did willfully rebel against God. Now it was in the days of Laoconus, the son of Laoconus, for Laoconus did fill the seat of his father and did govern the people that year. And there began to be men inspired from heaven and sent forth to stand among the people of the land and preaching and testifying boldly of the sins of iniquity of the people and testifying unto them concerning the redemption of which the Lord would make for his people or in other words, the resurrection of Christ. And they did testify boldly of his death and suffering. And now there are many of the people which were exceeding angry because of those which testified of these things. And they which were angry were chiefly the chief judges, which had been high priests and lawyers. Yea, and all the lawyers were angry with those which testified these things. And now there were no lawyers, nor judges, nor high priests that could have the power to condemn any to death, save their condemnation was signed by the governor of the land. And now there were many of those which testified of the things pertaining to Christ, which testified boldly, which, which were taken and put to death secretly by the judges, that the knowledge of their death came not unto the governor of the land until after their death. Now behold, this was contrary to the laws of the land, that any man should be put to death except they had the power of the governor of the land. Therefore, 
A complaint came up unto the land of Zarahemla, and the governor of the land against these judges, which had condemned the prophets of the Lord unto death, not according to the law. Now it came to pass that they were taken and brought before the judge to be judged of the crime which they had done according to the law, which had been given by the people. Now it came to pass that those judges and many of the friends and kindreds and in the remainder, yea, even almost all the lawyers and high priests did gather together and unite the kindreds of those judges which were to be tried according to the law. And they did enter into covenant one with another, yea, even into a covenant which was given by them of old, which covenant was given and administered by the devil to combine against all righteousness. You know, and I, you know, to pause here, you know, to combine against all righteousness. This was, this was the movement. And I, you know, we don't, I don't, I don't think we, we have prophets being, being killed in the United States right now. Um, I think this, that will be something that, that does happen uh, going forward in the future. But if you just look, just take, take, take a look through the happenings of what's going on in our country, and you can see uh, the, the move towards unrighteousness in different areas. Um, you know, uh, I, I had brought this up in one of, one of my most recent sermons, one of the three. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this, you know, there, one of the, the examples that we use, there, there was a bill passed in California recently. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're read into that, you know, they, 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 reduced, they reduced the penalty essentially for, for pedophiles. And, you know, you, you can get into that uh, for, for pedophiles and uh, sexual acts with, with, with children. Um, and that's real. And you can get on there and you can, it's like SB 145, it's 140 something. And uh, if, if it, it passed, they voted on it and it was signed into law. And just, just to be clear, if you get online, you can read a lot of articles saying it's not that. But if you look at what it does, um, it absolutely was, was a move for equity for the LGBTQ community so that they could be treated the same. So they included new sexual acts. So the original law that they had on the books was designed. And, you know, I, I, when it comes to the government getting involved in things, when it comes to morality, it's always an issue. And so the first law is an issue too, but their first law was such that if somebody that was a male impregnated a female, so the female is younger, and she's going to have a child that he wouldn't put it, be put on the sex offender registry so that he could get a job and he could provide for that child. So if she was 16 and he was 20, that that would, that, that, that would be up to the judge's discretion that they could make that choice. This now includes same-sex type things within a 10-year age gap to be determined by the judge. So it's nothing to do with the child, nothing to do with providing, just so it's you know equal between uh, that. So that's one example. And there are lots of examples that we can, that we can get to that are, that are happening, that we so freely are, are embracing inside of our, inside of our country. You know, um, we see all this, this, these different things happening inside of these movements, whether, um, you know, it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter. And I understand what they're coming for. You know, I understand why there's, there's outrage, but that, when you start talking about the destruction of the nuclear family, you start to, you talk, you talk about, you know, the, these different tenets, um, that we know to be true in the Bible that go contrary, uh, be careful. You know, look at look at what we're you know you got to take a second and look at what these different groups stand for, 
because uh, you know, as we get closer to to the end, you know, you don't to the end times. You know, we see all we're getting so there's so many dreams and prophecies coming out indicating that we're coming up on it, and you have these things that look. On the, on the surface, they look good, but when you look deeper at what they're trying to teach and the things that they're pushing are against the Word of God. So it's important to take a look at that. So in this uh, story, I'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, 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 in 3rd Nephi, do you see a un, uh, secret combination, a pact between these organizations against unrighteousness? Are, have you seen it to that degree yet, that they're, they're working together, even though they all have their separate uh, uh, uh expertise area of expertise separate separate uh memorandum i'm not trying to think of what the word is um objective do you see that they all are coalescing into one anti-righteousness together are they working together that way have you have we seen that I, you know, I don't want to get too far down into my into to things that I don't think are like may like I think I think everyone sees a little bit of it, no matter what side of you know what political spectrum that you're on. I I was listening to this this uh, this conversation um, on this podcast recently, and they you know it was not this podcast, uh, more a more secular one, but what <laughs> okay. it, but I thought what was really interesting is that that point was you know if you look at our politicians, you look at the amount of money that they're making, and you think how did they get there. And I think everyone sees that, no matter what what aisle it is, and we look at it, and th- there's definitely things going on that we don't understand. We have a we have wars that we've been in for, thir- like you know, we, that since since September 11th, you know, we've been in Afghanistan. We got people still being hurt. That we have these these things going on where, you know, the only thing that our government agrees on is is making war with other countries. You know, if you look at Bi- bipartisan, bipartisan support, support. Of, yeah. so, you, you know, there, there's there are things going on, obviously. There's, and I think that people see and, it, you know, it, the question becomes, is some of the stuff necessary? And that's not I'm not trying to get into all that. But my point is, is if, if you look, it's very clear that there's different groups that are working behind the scenes inside right. inside of it. But is it to this degree? Um, I think it's starting to be, at least on the specific of the scriptures of unrighteousness. We have different things happening inside inside of our groups. I don't. It's not to the point where they're killing prophets yet, but I think that is coming, and we can see it. Ha- we can see a shift in our, our in our dynamics of our country and cultures. And we we definitely there are definitely different combinations that we have in the United States. Uh, I I don't doubt that that the secret combinations is the so unspeakable in the book of mormon that it would not tell you you know it, it, that's not for us to know i know it's not recorded it tells you it alludes to it that this happened and it was of the devil and and they they leave it out for a reason and and we we can see there's things going on we don't see we see the results of things that must be going on mm-hmm. that there's enough evidence that there's there's secret combinations in right you know even now this is getting really not not off of my res off the reservation for me but i i appreciate that others in our church are looking at this and helping us to, to bring it to our mind and our attention yeah we so, just my only point keep here, cooking my only point here is we need to be we need to be conscious conscious of what's happening and understand what we're looking at and when, when we're looking at these different groups that are not religious groups that we understand what they what you know what what's happening so we know what to join ourselves with or not to join ourselves with or to abstain from um, and to draw closer into the church and not out into the world into to ungodly groups or movements all right
All right, keep marinating. All right. So therefore they did combine against all the people of the Lord to enter into covenant to destroy them. And to, we're in verse 34. And deliver those which were guilty of murder to the grasp of justice and about to be administered according to the law. And they did set at defiance the law and the rights of the country. And they did convert one, one with another to destroy the governor. And to establish a king over the land, and the land should be no more be at liberty, but be subject unto kings. Now behold, I will show unto you that they did not establish a king over the land. But in this year, yea, in the thirteenth year, they did destroy upon the judgment seat, yea, and did murder the chief judge of the land. And the people were divided one against another, and they did separate one from another into tribes, every man according to his family and his kindred and his friends, and thus did destroy the government of the land. And this is the point that I really wanted to bring up, because we, we see this government that they had, that they prospered in, and they all agreed... And then they started separating into tribes because there were those that started operating outside of those bounds that we all agree on. And that is something that we can certainly see happening today. Yes. And it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's not hard to go and, and to, to see that there is a separation happening inside of our, our country, inside of the same land that this is happening in, you know, um, north, but we're, you know, we're in the Americas. Absolutely. And the, the idea that this is a type is not I embrace that I embrace that this this is a type of things to come and I I don't know if I'm allowed to do that but I, I personally look at this and I am comparing it to what we see going on around us and I'm thinking God has left us this for a reason yeah, so we're gonna get through the rest of this and then you know we're gonna bring this around because there's okay. something really important that, that I, I want to get to here okay so and now behold, there was no man among them, save they had family and many kindreds and family. Therefore, their tribes became exceeding great. And now all this was done, and there was no wars as yet among them. And all this iniquity had come, come upon the people, because they had yielded themselves to the power of Satan. And the regulations of the government were destroyed because of the secret combinations of the friends and kindreds of them, which murdered the prophets." And they did cause great contention in the land, insomuch that the more righteous part of the people, although they had nearly all become wicked, yea, and they were but a few righteous men among them. And thus six years had not passed away since the more part of the people did turn in their righteousness, and like dog to his vomit, and like the sow to her wallowing in the mire. And the secret combinations which had brought so great iniquity upon the land did gather themselves together and to place their head a man whom they did call Jacob. And they called him their king. And therefore he being a king, being a king over the wicked band. And he was one of the chiefest, which had been given his voice against the prophets, which testified of Jesus. And it came to pass, they were, they were not so strong in the number as the tribes of the people, which were united together, save it were in their land, did establish their laws, everyone according to his tribe. Nevertheless, they were enemies, notwithstanding there were not a righteous people, yet they were united in the hatred of those who had not entered into a covenant to destroy the government. Therefore, Jacob, seeing that the enemies were more numerous than they, he being the king of the band, therefore he commanded his people that they should take their flight into the northernmost part of the land, and there built up unto themselves a kingdom, unto they which are joined by dissenters. For he flattened them, flattered them that they would be many dissenters, and they became sufficiently strong to contend with the tribes of the people. And they did so, and so speedily was their march that it could not be impeded until they had gone forth out of the reach of the people, and thus ended the thirtieth year, and thus were the affairs of the people of Nephi. 
And it came to pass in the 30 and first year that they were divided in tribes, every man according to his family, kindred, and friends. Nevertheless, they had come into an agreement that they would not go to war one with another, but they were not united in, as their laws in the manner of government, for they were established according to the minds of them that were chiefs and leaders. But they did establish very strict laws that one tribe should not trespass against another, insomuch that some degree they had peace in the land. Nevertheless, the hearts were turned from the Lord their God, and they did stone the prophets and then cast them out from among them. So this is no longer the government doing it. This is the different tribes. Some are and some are not. And it came to pass that Nephi, having been visited by angels and also by the voice of the Lord, therefore having seen angels and being the eyewitness, having the power given unto him that he might know concerning the ministry of Christ, and also being eyewitness to the quick return from righteousness unto the wickedness and also the abominations, therefore being grieved for the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, went forth among them in the same year and, be, and began to testify boldly repentance and remission of sins through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it and he did minister many things unto them, and all of them cannot be written, and a part of them would not suffice. Therefore, they are not written in this book, and Nephi did minister with power and great authority. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, even because he had greater power than they. For it, was, it were not possible that they would disbelieve his words, for so great was his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the angels did minister unto him daily. In the name of Jesus, he did cast out devils, unclean spirits, and even his brother did raise from the dead after he had been stoned and suffered death by the people. And the people saw it and did witness it and were angry with him because of his power. And he did also do many more miracles in the sight of the people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we, we haven't seen that yet, but there, there is a greater gifts and powers that are coming that we will see, in, in, in I believe, in our time. As, as we see more, we hear more and more, you know, prophecies and, and dreams coming out of, out of everywhere. It seems like at this point, uh, you know, we've had some come out of our local, like just shared dreams inside of our local, and it's it's neat to see. But the, you know, God's preparing us for something, and we can see it if we just we just listen. Yes. All right. And it came to pass in the thirty and first year did pass away, and there was but a, but a few which were converted unto the Lord. But as but many as were converted, did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and the Spirit of God, which was in Jesus, in whom they believed. And as many as had devils out of them and were healed of their sickness and their infirmities, did truly manifest unto the people that they had been wrought upon by the Spirit of God and been healed. And they did show forth signs also, and did so miracles among the people. And it came to pass... And thus passed away the thirtieth and second year also. And Nephi did cry unto the people in the commencement of the thirtieth and third year, and he did preach unto them repentance and remission of sins. And now I would have you also you remember also that there were none which were brought unto repentance who were not baptized with water. Therefore they were ordained by Nephi men unto the ministry that all such as should come unto them should be baptized with water. And thus as a witness with the testimony before God and unto the people that they had repented and received the remission of their sins. And there were many in the commencement of this year that were baptized unto repentance, and thus the more part of the year did pass away. So, you know, this is this is just to lay, I want to, you know, the comparison. And there there are some there to where we're at right now um, and where we're headed. Yes. You know, you can see it very, very easily. And I think it's going to mirror this coming of Christ in some ways inside this land when he comes again. So uh, what I want to I, I move forward here. And the next thing that happens 
is is the crucifixion of Christ, right? And then the catas- and then and then the great destruction on the land. And uh, I want I want to turn here, and we're gonna and we're gonna turn over. to verse 66 in chapter four. And this is, you know, this was something that stuck out to me. And, and, and it's, and, and this is the point that I really want to make, um, but let's read it real quick. It says, and it was the more righteous part of the people which were saved. And to me, that, that part of that verse has always stuck out to me, right? The more righteous part of the people. Yeah, I've, I've always remembered that. It was, and I always think of the, the more righteous, you know, uh, the, it kind of gives me, it doesn't say the righteous. Well, well right. And who, it, but when you for when you thought when you think back about that, you know, I'll tell you who I thought the more righteous were, right? In my mind, I would think, okay, so who, if I, it, you know, a few years ago or last year, I think about uh-huh. who's the more righteous, you know, in the land. I think, you know, we have we have our church, right? You know, uh-huh. we, we say that the individuals coming to church and, and that are that are there that are, that are committed. You have a righteous group, and you have righteous groups outside of the church. I would say too, in different different committed um, Christians all over the world. And I think, you know, there's a chance for them to make it. I, that's exactly how I think of that verse. I think it's the righteous. I, I, I look around and the people who are coming to church on Sundays. It's not just a, a, a game to them. They're applying it to their lives. They're, 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 they're taking the name of Christ seriously. And, and those are the people I would circle in that group. Right. And, that, and I'd be right there with you. And uh, let's keep reading the verse, though. Okay. All right. So. The righteous were saved. And it was they which received the prophets and stoned them not. And it was they which had not shed the blood of the saints which were spared. Okay, so this was my takeaway when I read this again recently. I, I expanded that group. And I had never expanded that group before until recent events that I start I start seeing. You know, it, it, at first, I, you know, you're, if we take that and we look at the tribes, right? You had a splitting of tribes of different groups of people. Okay, and they they split up, and there were there were different groups of tribes, and some believed, and some stoned the prophets, and some did not. If you think of people that would be willing to kill the prophets of God coming through, and that's the section of of who is spared when Christ comes back. It to me it expands that definition of who's going to be spared, and they don't have. And the, the you know the important takeaway is when Christ comes back, there's going to be work to be done. And there's going to be people to be converted. And there are still those after in this section that still that come unto repentance when Christ comes back. So, so your idea, what, what I, if I'm looking at a group of people on TV who are rioting and ready to fight and kill and contend and throw Molotov cocktails at each other, I'm looking at the guys, they're ready to kill and 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 attack and and then there's got to be some people who are really bad people in my mind saying yeah yeah and then some of them have got to say whoa wait wait hold on i agree with you but aren't we going a little bit too far and uh, and so are are you saying that that guy who is agrees with everything along the line of what the group is doing but just won't go so far as to throw the cocktail or to actually berate and, and and be in this you know is that the how low the bar is set personally no i don't think so okay i think if you're attached to that tribe that's willing to do that in that section you would be in then you would be in danger of that but if you're not willing to okay. be in that tribe you'd have to make a choice to separate yourself 
from, from that group that's willing to stone and kill the prophets. But I think that's where the line's going to be, which isn't, necessar- isn't necessarily where it is, but the people that aren't, aren't out to kill. Okay, let, and, me, let me draw a different line. Yeah. I don't believe in God. Okay. I think I think you guys are nuts for your believing in these scriptures. Okay. But I do believe you have a moral obligation to prefer your fellow man and they have a right to have their own beliefs. They have the right to be wrong and you I have the right to be wrong. So take your gospel and get out of here. How does that but change? I though? don't want to I think those people who are preaching, they have the right to preach. How does that opinion change though? Let's take that atheist example. Mm-hmm. How does that change? when they're not willing to attach themselves to those that kill the prophets, and then you have Christ coming back and miracles being worked, and they can't deny the power of God anymore. Because this world that's coming isn't going to be the world that we see today. You're gonna, you're, we're gonna have an, these people are going to have an opportunity to see some great things that they've never seen before. I think, I think it's going to change. I think those that aren't vehemently opposed are going are gonna to have to make a choice. As things separate. So that guy who who knows the Book of Mormon is wrong, who knows that this church can't be the true church of God, is now face to face with Jesus Christ holding the Book of Mormon and preaching out of it. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to make a choice. Yeah. And so so I want I want to keep going now. And this is and that's who I think that's there, because we we know that individuals and, we're, and when I say we know that individuals at this time, there are those that are converted. Do, do you do you have to convert those that already believe into repentance? The answer is no, right? You you the people that are converted and and they and they, and they have to repent are those that there's something there's something that was still not right in their life. So let's let's fast yes. forward to after okay. after the destruction, right? All right. So jumping forward, let's go for, forward to the fourth book of Nephi, chapter one. So, in the in the fourth book of Nephi, chapter one, we we Christ has come. He's given the Sermon on the Mount. He, he's appointed disciples and we're, we're going forward. So what, what happens, right? So Christ is back, the destruction. Now resume. And it came to pass that in the 30 and fourth year passed away and also the 30 and fifth. And behold, the disciples of Jesus had formed the church of Christ in all the land around about. And many as did come unto them and did truly repent of their sins and were baptized in the name of Jesus and they did also receive the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass that in the 30 and sixth year their people were all converted unto the Lord upon all the face of the land, both the Nephites and the Lamanites. And there were no contentions and disputations among them, and every man did deal justly one with another. So back to that point. If you believe, right, and you're already living a good life, and that's the more righteous definition, what are you repenting of? Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Uh, I believe, and I'm always repenting. And I believe <laughs> I'm a baptized member of the church of Christ. And I'm always, I still repent. Uh, right. But you've even are, the righteous need to repent. Yeah. But we're not, we're not talking about the righteous. These are unbaptized. Okay. You know, these are individuals that were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they did also receive the Holy ghost, but they, right before that, they had to repent of their sins before they're baptized. We're not talking about those that, are already in the church. We're not talking about those that are already believers. These are ones that still that that want that are going to repent and to see it. This is a different group, and that's kind of the point that I want to I want to make in correlation to what's going to happen going forward. You know, there 
when Christ comes back, there's going to be a great work still to do. There's going to be those that need to be converted. There's going to be work for the ministry to do. This doesn't end at at tribulation. This doesn't end when things get tough. This it's, it, that's not the that's not the the goal. The goal is after that when the when all are converted. And this is the and this is the part that I think everyone should be looking forward to. I think about the world that my kids are going to be raised in, and and, and then they're going to be adults in, and I think how much better. And how much as a parent would I rather them be in the world after Christ returns where we know when he came back the first time that the whole land was converted? What are the chances of my kids making it? What are the chances of my family making it? What are the chances of my loved ones? And more than that, what are the chances of those in the world making it? As Christians, we should want to convert. But there's a time, the great this great converting, you know, and historically— has come after Christ is there. And not and there are other times and other instances where that happens in their events. But we should be looking forward to this. For and, you know, it's it's gonna be it's it, from everything coming forward, it's not gonna be a good time. But after, it's gonna be the best time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think we've what what I love uh recently in the podcast is that a lot of the ministry a lot of the people I've talked to have said, look, this, this shaking of the earth that has to happen, if you think it's the devil's doing, you got it all wrong. This is God's doing. This is God shaking the earth, uh, uh, preparing the, the people here to, to be humble and to humble them so that God can do his work. Cause the whole purpose of all of this is to save more souls and, the shaking of the earth that that we would say is the tribulation that we're going to go through, it's for the good of the world, ultimately, and and so that that is if, if, a lot of times we think, oh no, all this bad is going to happen, and the devil has got us, and you you got it all wrong. It's God who's got us. It's God who's taking care of this. Who has a plan. And just like when the return of when Christ came at his crucifixion catastrophe, there was tumultuous happenings and, and, and shaking of the earth. And it's going to be a similar uh, in similitude that he's this is going to happen. And then Christ comes. And now we have this era of like the Nephite golden age or the millennial reign. And the idea that it's all perfect is is not true. There's that you can still sin even after Christ returns. And so there are. There are, there's an opportunity and a great opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, to uh, just like you said, I, I agree completely. In in the, we're not going to turn there. But one of the other points I would make in the Bible, when we're looking at like Matthew twenty four or Luke seventeen, and we're looking at the times leading up, you know, those verses where it says one is taken, one is left, you know, in the field, right? And we're, right before that, what do they talk about in each of those? They they talk about the flood yes right before that and they talk so they he's giving this this place They're, they talk about this place of the, right you have you have before the flood you had noah who you had those people that were that that believed right and then you had great evil and murderings at the same time in the, this this horrific situation and but god made a way for those to get out and so my point here is that when Christ comes back, and this is where if I played devil's advocate and I thought, you know, what is some of the things that when people push back against the idea 
of Christ returning and saying, why do you want a doomsday? Why do you want? That's not the point. I don't want a doomsday as a human. I don't want to go through that in all honesty. I don't want people to be killed. But the important thing about this is that when this is happening, it is the evil that we're that is going to be coming from is going to be coming from the devil. It's going to be coming from those individuals that are willing to kill prophets and to stone them. Like look at like the world. You know, there's a harsher world outside of America, and if you look at that and you think of murderers and people that are willing to kill kill somebody for their belief, that's not your neighbor. That's not the people that you know in your life. That this is a, a different sect of people, and we're starting to see a shift in my in the culture is what I'm saying, where you have people willing to commit violence, and if 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 you start seeing a difference, I'm not I'm not talking about the peaceful friend that you have that 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 might not believe because he hasn't seen something. There's going to be people out there that are very violent and that want to do harm to you and your family because of your belief. Those are the people that are going to be taken out of the way that are so given over to hatred. That's what we're talking about. I think, and I think that's, and I think that's the separation when, when somebody's like, oh, well, why do we want, how could we look to God that would do this? Because the God's not doing this. It's the devil that does it. God's coming to save us. He's coming to remove the wicked out of the way. So those that can repent and can be saved can make it. Because that should be our goal. Everyone, we should want everyone to make it into heaven. And that's what he's doing. He's identifying those that can make it and putting them in a world that they otherwise would not have made it and giving them chance for salvation. The idea that those days shall be cut short to save the very elect, is that to save the very elect souls or to save the very elect's lives? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, well, that just took away all my sleep. So um, if they are elect their souls are taken care of in, in my mm-hmm. viewpoint. Oh, okay. I get so, where you're going. So they're saving their lives. We're saving the lives of the elect. And uh, now maybe, maybe not, uh, you know, maybe they fall victim to all of this, uh, uh, that is out there and, and they, they cease to become his elect because of so much, uh, proliferation of wickedness. Uh, Either way you look at it, I, I get it. But uh, the way you just presented it, I'm thinking he is going to save those who are worth saving and the ones that are that are uh, taken away is that uh, not the wheat, but the 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 uh, snares and, and tares. That's what the word is. Those are taken away so that the wheat can be harvested into the barn. So that that verse that used for that other doctrine we don't believe in this fits for the time frame we're living in and i yeah i look forward to that time i that afterwards <laughs> i look forward to that time afterwards and that's what we got to keep our eyes on yeah and, and the one thought i want i i, I want to leave with is is this and this is something that i've mulled over for years you know um is you know what part do you want to play when christ returns you know, what, where do whatever what, part he says I'm what, going to. <laughs> right, right, right. But there's a desire that we have. You know, do you, do, do you want to be a part of that work going forward? Do you want to be in, in that, that the group that gets to go and convert? Like, I understand what you're saying. Christ chooses, he calls, but what's your desire in that? And if your desire is, I want to be a part of that group as it should be. Okay. We need to study. I don't want to, to eat weird that. things in foreign countries. I don't know that I can stomach it. But I'm willing to go anywhere where they sell Twinkies and spread the gospel. 
Right. That's kind of my demarcation line. Uh, okay, but that's my point. You have that <laughs> desire. So, you know, what what, are, what do we do in our daily lives to better prepare ourselves to be better instruments of God? That's sure. my point. And we should be striving towards that. Thank you very much for coming on our podcast. You're welcome. That was Stephen Stratton. What do you know? For my yoke is easy. Easy and my birth.